Hello, my name is Aaron. I'm Angie. And we are a curious couple. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. We're excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, going to be a fun topic today. We're going to be talking a little bit about taboos, some good, some bad, yeah. some outdated. It's going to be a fun discussion. <laughs> It is. Before we get too much into that, we're going to talk a little bit about last week's challenge, which Eliza gave us. She gave us the challenge of going outside for a walk completely unplugged and just breathing in nature. And I did it and it was a really just beautiful little experience and something very nice to add into my life and into my routine. So I'm very grateful for it. That's awesome. Do you think it's something that you're going to be able to keep up with? I think so. I was honestly, I only took like a two minute walk outside before my kids woke up and it was just enough to just clear my head and it was wonderful. Okay, cool. Nice little morning walk. Exactly. I like it. I'm going to go back a little bit myself too. I uh, actually received some book recommendations Ooh. from one of our listeners a few weeks back and I read one of the books that was recommended to me and I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Well, it was recommended to us just saying that it spoke so perfectly about our theme of curiosity and mm. Man, it did. So I read Think Again by Adam Grant. Just to give you a quick summary, Adam challenges us to question our assumptions, to update our knowledge, and to revise our views in order to better understand ourselves and others hmm. and to make smarter and wiser decisions. It inspires people to become lifelong learners, to always have a curious mindset, willing to think outside of the box, willing to think again even, willing to question previously held beliefs. Okay. That definitely is the umbrella of our entire podcast. I really like the way that Adam puts it. We all update our living situation. Mm -hmm. We have new clothes. We've updated our cars. We've updated our houses, our jobs, our hairstyles, so much. But a lot of us still hold on to those beliefs that we had from middle school even. We don't even think to question those. Yikes. <laughs> right? Throughout the book, what Adam is trying to do is help us improve our mental flexibility, our openness, and our curiosity by adopting the mindset of what he calls a scientist instead of the others, okay. which are a preacher, a prosecutor, and a politician. Uh, hmm. Now you'll have to read the book to find the definition for all of these, but <laughs> but because honestly, we don't have to, we're not getting into that deep. But a scientist, which is what he encourages us all to be, is someone who relies on evidence and experiments to find the truth. They are always willing to change their beliefs based on new data. A scientist is always curious. They're humble and they're open-minded. So those are all wonderful qualities. Yeah. In my opinion, to strive after humble, open-minded, curious, always willing to change your mind based off of new information. So it was a wonderful read. Thank you for the recommendation. I hope that we can all strive to be a little bit more like scientists. <laughs> I love that, especially thinking of a scientist because that's their job almost by definition is to answer the unanswered questions. So to be able to have that open mindset is going to allow you to be more receptive to the world around you and there's so many beautiful, wonderful things around you that right? I hope to be as receptive as possible. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Just exploring and asking all those questions. So, Well, uh, the other thing that we have been exploring this past week, it's been an obsession in our house. Maybe Anne should tell us a little <laughs> bit about it. Yes, it's, it's uh, definitely an obsession. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> this obsession has led to a lot of our topic today, which I don't know if any of you have taken the time to watch or listen to Has Been Hotel. <laughs> don't laugh. We love it. We love it. It's, it's a, really good. Thank you. And I love it. But thank you love you. it on a different level. I than do I love, love it on a different level. But that, I mean, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know what Has Been Hotel is, it is an animated series it basically tells the story about Lucifer's daughter. It's all set in hell. And Lucifer's daughter is trying to help these sinners' souls that are in hell <laughs> redeem themselves so that they can make it into heaven and no longer have to live in hell anymore. And it's a beautiful story about redemption and love and forgiveness and growing and accepting everyone at any stage because everyone makes mistakes. And everybody can grow and improve. But there's a lot of cussing. There's a lot of cussing. It's set in hell. So there's a <laughs> lot of cussing because it's an adult. It's 17 and up. <laughs> yeah. There's some adult themes <laughs> there's, to it. There's a lot of adult themes. But again, think of the setting. Think of the subject matter. Every single song is a bop. So... <laughs> It's fueled by dopamine and it's beautiful and I sing it all the time. I mean, our children know every word to uh, some of these. Yes, which <laughs> leads us. But you know, there's some of them are fantastic. One of them's called I'm So Sorry. I'm so sorry. It's beautiful. It's it all about saying sorry. It is. It's the first step to redemption, understanding that you've done something wrong and that you can say sorry and grow and move forward. Yeah. And then it's interlaced with other very much more adult songs. But, yes. <laughs> but they're in there and they're beautiful. So our kids are asking questions about words, cuss words in mm -hmm. particular, because yes. Angie tries to edit those out. I'm not that bad of a mom. I, I really do try and censor myself. They don't watch the show. They listen to songs like I'm So Sorry that don't have any swear words in it because that's just something that I feel that the three and five-year-old don't necessarily need to get into right now. No, but they still ask questions because they notice that we're not playing the whole album. Absolutely. Or that we're not playing the end of songs. <laughs> Kids are young. They're not stupid. Kids are very intelligent and they want to know things and they want to grow. And so they've been asking us why we've been skipping content. And it's led us on this deep dive into all things really taboo mm -hmm. is what it boiled down to when i was doing my research on cuss words and adult themes and dark humor uh it all also defined taboo it just kept coming up it was a very prominent right. theme it, in any of these adult in, themes in any of these searches yes really so what that entails is cuss words swear words these themes what they are is they're considered rude they're considered vulgar inappropriate they're sometimes they're seen as if they can cause harm or offense to others they're also considered swear words bad words or profanity so uh, something becomes a cuss word when it violates the norms values or beliefs of a society and it's seen as immoral offensive or dangerous but on the other hand, there's a lot of positives that can come from swearing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen the documentaries on Netflix where they all they do is talk about swear words right. for 
two hours. They show an experiment where they allow people to cuss when they hold their hand in a bucket of freezing cold water. Mm -hmm. And they find when they're allowed to cuss, they're able to hold their hand in the water for a lot longer than when they just stand still and are silent. Right. And so there is some power in those words and just the taboo that they do break about society. There's power behind that and emotion behind that. There's also positive aspects with uh, with cussing. It, it, it shows, so I didn't know this, but according to the research, when most people don't cuss in their day-to-day life, when they do cuss, it's when they are in an environment where they feel safe, where they have trusted company, where they feel comfortable, where they're able to relax, and they don't have to uphold the norms of society quite so rigidly, and they're not going to be judged for using a cuss here or there. I'm not saying they're profane, but people tend to cuss more in those situations and settings, uh, and it can foster deeper relationships in some situations where you're like okay yeah i'm on a like-minded person i can talk this openly they're talking openly i can talk openly Mm -hmm. it opens that door of communication yeah yeah and not necessarily i'm i don't want any anyone to think that they we're not trying to 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 encourage you guys to swear more or to necessarily even watch content that you are are offended by or not comfortable with however we do we hope that we are able to just open the conversation and open the idea that just because it's a swear word or it's something that you may have not given a lot of time to before it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an automatic bad thing yeah i mean swear words are only as powerful as we make them really the power behind a cuss is the power that we give it Mm -hmm. is really the ultimate thing that we all have to realize but yeah we're not encouraging anybody to act in any way that is not true to themselves no you got to be true to yourself you (laughs) got to do what's going to make all you got to do but yeah it's it's been something really interesting so uh, again overarching taboo that's what this has all been leading to. So the more we looked at it, they all share the same definition as taboo. So a taboo is any topic that violates the norms, values, or beliefs of a society, and it is seen as immoral, offensive, or dangerous, such as religion, sex, bodily functions, or personal insults. Huh. So taboo is Anything that touches on any of those topics that may be seen as offensive or off-colored or private or personal, any of those overarching umbrellas. Right. So it's basically anything that, I don't know, it almost seems like intimate. It's just very personal. Yeah. And And you don't really know what the other person's limits are going to be. So it's almost like an unsaid rule just to make everybody else comfortable, just to not... 
talk about it. Oh man, it gets deeper than that because okay. taboos are on many different levels too. Because you have cultural taboos, you have societal taboos, religious taboos. Mm. Uh, so you have different layers and different levels to these different taboos. And really, what all this is is what creates and builds up a culture or a society. Makes sense. Uh, we all have different cultural taboos. And getting into this, I don't want to sound too negative because there are some really good taboos. Right. One taboo is taking care of the elderly. Hmm. That's a taboo. I'm glad that that one is upheld and that that one's still going. Another taboo is to leave things better than how you found it. Okay. That's a great taboo. It is great. Yeah. And so there are some good ones that are just ingrained into us that society and culture and religion and our beliefs on a whole have just created. So there's great taboos as well. But then again, there's other taboos that keep us quiet, especially the taboos about money, sex, mental health. These are the topics that are often considered too private or embarrassing. But when you avoid them and don't discuss anything, it can lead to financial illiteracy, sexual ignorance, mental stigma, mm -hmm. and really what what we want to do with these taboos is break them down so right. we can educate ourselves over them and then improve not only ourselves but those around us and our well-being and our relationships right going to breaking outdated taboo like how do we do that that's a great question really the first step would be identifying, identifying a taboo it. that needs to be broken mm-hmm uh, and so what you would want to do there is take a look at something um, and see if it needs to be questioned. Educate yourself on it. Start looking into it. Talk about it. Um, one that Angie and I feel that could be challenged a little bit. And we're not saying everybody needs to dive in. But <laughs> one that we feel could be challenged is the taboo on a dark humor. Mm -hmm. So Angie and I find a lot of value in dark humor. It allows us to explore more complex adult-geared themes mm -hmm. in a different way. We watch one show together called BoJack Horseman. It's an animated series about cats and horses, but they all have deep depression. Mm -hmm. They all have many, many flaws mm -hmm. and very dark, very dark humor. They all need to go to therapy. But watching it allows you to discuss those topics in a much more open manner, I feel, after mm -hmm. when Angie and I watch an episode, then we can talk about the themes of it more openly afterwards. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They also talk a lot about grief and different upbringings. It's been really interesting to talk about the show with friends because some situations that I may relate to in the show, they do not. Being able to have that connection through something in a media opens up that conversation to other people so other people have understanding. And so can I can understand them as well. But it also makes light of the subject so I can talk to my friend about the depression that they're experiencing, which is something that is so hard and heavy to deal with in everyday life but being able to make light of the subject because of a story that we've heard we're going to be able to open up that door and be able to help each other throughout life a little bit easier right so as you can see we're very passionate about dark humor mm -hmm. it really helps us and so like yes this is something we feel needs to be updated and many should give it <laughs> two cents if we can watch 
Michael Scott be super cringy. Right. And <laughs> and so really that's what we're doing here. And that's what the conversation it, that we're having here because the next steps is just to talk about it, to mm. educate and to discuss in order to break the taboo, allowing everybody else to make the decision for themselves um, because taboos are set on a much <laughs> higher level. So we're not going to be the only ones that can decide if a taboo exactly. is Exactly. Not up to us. Not no. up to us. So obviously we are not experts. This is just our humble opinion of something that we are passionate about and that we think could be questioned or that could be explored a little bit more. But there's there's other people and other stories that have broken taboos in, in history. No, absolutely. The one that comes to my mind right out of the gate is To Kill a Mockingbird mm -hmm. uh, by Harper Lee. Yeah. I remember reading that book for the first time years and years ago when I was a kid in school. Same. Really enjoying it, but the impact of it didn't really hit me. Looking at it in the context of this episode, Breaking Taboos, so Harper Lee wrote that book from her own... She wrote that book drawing from her own lived experience that she had growing up in the South in the 30s. Wow. Right, And then she releases To Kill a Mockingbird in the 60s. So she is challenging the taboo of racial segregation and uh, stereotypes and racial inequality as well as actual slavery itself. And she's challenging Jim Crow laws and the segregated South at the same time. So challenging on both fronts. The story itself is absolutely beautiful. It is. And if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to definitely give this one a read. But the fact that she released it when she did and the message that it told beyond it. Well, and the um, fact that she's a woman releasing something in the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. And it won the Pulitzer the year after. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an incredible <laughs> Our belief for breaking novel. taboos. Yeah, incredible novel. <laughs> um, one that comes to my mind, being the musical theater person that I am, uh, is Rent, the musical. Of course. It really challenged the stereotypes and taboo of HIV and AIDS. It came out in, in 1996. Mm -hmm. And right in the peak of, of the epidemic that it was, it really opened a lot of people's minds and hearts to the experience that people are having living with AIDS and HIV and the lack of resources that there was at that time. Yeah, absolutely. I love Rent. One thing I love about it so much is that it actually challenges your perspective on those who had the disease. Mm -hmm. And that's really what art does is it challenges perspective. So it has a myriad of different forms, but it serves as a powerful catalyst to really help us challenge any of these taboos, mm -hmm. right? And to help push societal boundaries. Absolutely. So one thing that we could do, Angie and I wanted to do really quick, is explore how art can really help us push through some of these taboos and take a look at them. And really the first thing that came to mind is just its provocation and the reflecting power. Like art confronts us with the uncomfortable truth. So it forces us to examine our beliefs and our biases, right? This can come in the form of visual art, literature, theater, music, really anything. But it can depict taboo subjects, though, so you'll see taboo subjects such as sexuality, mental health, violence. And by doing so, what they do is provoke 
thought and introspection. Oh, absolutely. Right? So by being in your face, they make you think about it. I would argue that some of them aren't even in your face necessarily, but there's a lot of different forms of media that even just allow you to ask the question. Yeah, the existence of it allows it to be questioned. Exactly. And by doing so, it also humanizes the other. Oh, absolutely. Taboos often arise from ignorance, fear of unfamiliar, not really understanding another's perspective. Art humanizes that, in, especially in like marginalized groups. It just it bridges that gap. Especially nowadays, we have so much more art being able to be seen from the LGBTQ plus community, from Hispanic culture, from Afro-American culture, Asian culture. There's so many different storylines that we haven't been able to experience and so many different lives that people haven't been able to share until now. And I'm so grateful that we are able to really see the humanity of other people. And that's going to be able to foster empathy and understanding. And as a collective human race, we're going to be able to grow more from that. Exactly. Another way art will challenge us to take a look at taboos is through subversion and satire, right? By <laughs> yeah. poking fun of, by making fun of, and being crude and offensive. Parody and satire, irony, what they do is they challenge authority. They question mm -hmm. the established rule. There's a reason most satire is political is that's how it's spoken. The critique <laughs> is spoken most poignantly. So this can include not just SNL, but mm. political cartoons, subversive literature, and performance art that disrupt the status quo. So anything that can encourage critical thinking, anything that makes people say, oh, wait a minute, that is weird. Why are they saying the same thing but their opponents... <laughs> Why do they say different things but do the same thing? <laughs> we won't get into politics here. <laughs> yeah. Building off of that, we have historical context and critique. Art reflects a lot of the experiences of that time. If you see a painting that was done in 19th century France, is going to be completely different than an artist painting in New York City right now. By examining these different artworks, we uncover societal forms and biases. Mm. I mean, just even by who is allowed to create art is a right. huge narrative right there. We have Frida Kahlo and her self-portraits, which are beautiful and stunning and colorful and bright, but it challenged gender norms and it celebrated individuality and culture. And it was just something that wasn't seen before. But when she was able to do that, it opened the door for artists to be able to express themselves now. And historically, that hadn't happened before. And I think that's extremely powerful to be able to critique that now. I love that. Another way that art helps us look at these taboos is through public disclosure and through activism. So art really serves as a megaphone for big social justice movements. Art can push a cause forward. Think of protest art, graffiti is art, mm -hmm. murals, anything that amplifies the message of a marginalized voice is seen in this category. Beautiful, touching pieces that help you think from different perspectives of those that have lived different lives. Well, that's huge when you're trying to break taboos because taboos thrive in silence. Art breaks silence. And even going more on public discourse and activism, speeches and uh, songs, that kind of media, rather than just visual words, being able to break that silence 
through initiating conversations and like actually hearing it, it changes so much. So with some of those taboos, thriving in silence, being able to break the silence is going to inevitably break the taboo. Exactly. And that's the really the last step is once the silence is broken, things are discussed, things can change, mm-hmm. right? Things can come about. So bringing the taboos to light is the best first step because then you can analyze whether it is a good taboo that we want and we choose to keep around yeah, or if it's a taboo that's holding us back, something that we've outgrown and we can leave to the side. So really breaking that silence is the first step. So fantastic. Now, for our listeners, what I would encourage is for everybody to just start taking a look at anything that you would consider taboo, anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. We can read that definition again, but anything that you feel is dangerous or uncomfortable or breaks the norms of society, uh, we're not saying participate, but maybe like just question it in your head. Like, why? Why is that this way? Why is that how things work? But then in line with our own agenda here, because we do not have a hidden agenda. It is very in our face. Yes. Breaking the taboo of dark humor. Yes. That is our true goal here. So you do what you want with breaking your own taboos, but we will break the taboo of dark humor. You watch. You. you <laughs> um, so along those lines, Ange. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> What are some ways that our listeners could break the taboo on, you know, dark humor? Indulging in the darker side of the humors. (laughs) Indulging in the darker sides of the humors. Honestly, I know it sounds super basic, but we, a lot of us have our TV shows that we watch. And a lot of us are re-watching shows that we've watched multiple times anyway. So maybe... Let's try a new show. And we have some recommendations of some great dark humor shows that might open your mind to some different humanities, lifestyles, experiences. Et ceteras. Et ceteras. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, Yeah, we do have a list of show recommendations. So if many of our friends that we speak to, we say, what are you reading? What are you watching? And they're like, oh, I'm watching Friends for the 1200th No, No hate on Friends. But I mean, I don't like Friends. But yeah, no hate on it, but I don't like it. But that's fine. People don't like my shows and I accept that and I love that. But anyways, um, here are four shows that you can instantly hate because I don't like Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And we lost all our listeners. (laughs) And we tried to like scale these so they get progressively darker. So, you know, it's like a choose your own adventure recommendation list. Yes. So like the deeper down the list... The darker the humor we're getting. The darker right? it gets. The darker in the realms. So Let's start it with something light. Light and casual, and The Good Place. Okay. Yeah, The Good Place is a wonderful show. If you don't know what it's about, go look it up. Maybe this one is for you. But more fun, less dark. Less dark. Still complex themes. Mm-hmm. No swearing. No swearing. No swearing. Forbidden. What the fork? Yes. <laughs> It's a thing. It's a thing. So, Check it out. Good place. All right. Number two. Progressively darker. What are we at, Ange? Recommendation number two. What we do in the shadows. All right. This is where I'm going to weird out. 
because I love this show and it's fantastic and it's hilarious and it's, it's about so vampires funny. living together. There is a film which is fantastic and a TV series which is just as fantastic. Watch both. Watch both. <laughs> Pretty dark. Fun though. Fun dark. If you like the spooky horror, not I wouldn't even call it horror. If you're kind of into the spookier vibes, it's a great yeah, or time. even the superb owl. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, let's keep going. All right, next up is number three down. We're getting into the darks. Russian Doll. Russian Doll. Oh my goodness! This this show broke my brain. Actually. Yep, that's what it does. It it's very dark. It's a very dark comedy. Similar to Groundhog Day, a woman keeps dying and reliving the same night in a time loop as she tries to discover the mystery behind it. It's really good. It's so beautiful and it's filmed very, it's so interesting to watch. Like it's very artistically done and And, I love it. And she is so talented. Oh my gosh, she's so good. Absolutely wonderful. And then the last one, we've already mentioned it, BoJack Horseman animated series has animated cats and dogs and horses you're making it sound ridiculous <laughs> it will break your soul <laughs> it will break your soul it's really dark it's very dark and one thing i will say about animated adult series it almost i feel as though they animate it to bring it up a little lighter because the themes can be so dark and heavy agreed it It would be so much harder to watch this show with live actors because it's very real whereas where i'm watching will arnett voice a horse it's a lot more digestible yeah but it is hilarious you will laugh and then question whether you should be laughing yeah it's a really good one anyways (laughs) so those those are our recommendation if you're caught in a show loop of watching maybe house on repeat or gilmore girls hey there it is Oh, man. All right. So on top of that, we kind of have a double challenge. We have our challenge of just questioning the taboos that you face around you. Uh, If you feel uncomfortable or hesitant, just ask yourself a little internal, huh, I wonder why I feel this way right now. Yeah. And then secondly, expose yourself to some dark humor on Angie and I's quest to shatter the taboo of dark humor. (laughs) Also has been hotel. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's been great. Um, Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We've had a lot of fun talking about this and researching it and getting into these topics. A lot of our questions were answered. If you have more questions on this topic, we weren't able to get to everything that we wanted to. Reach out. Let us know. I've got so much more that I can just word vomit on you (laughs) (laughs) and we love to open up the conversation and talk to you guys and if you have any recommendations for other dark humor media we are always open and welcome to that (laughs) all ears all ears especially if it includes a vampire living with another vampire and mark (laughs) hamill makes appearances because mark hamill is my creative savior Anyways, thank you again. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time and energy. And as always, please stay curious. Absolutely. Stay curious. Ask the questions. We will see you so soon. Break the taboos.